The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Rhodes and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. It is officially the new year. It's 2023, which also means that it is Ben and I's one year anniversary here with Reaction Time. I realized this today. Ben, as always, is joining me here, and it is officially, technically, one year since we agreed to do this podcast, and ironically, a year ago, we had to postpone it because the Arizona State duel that Iowa State was going to, was it going to be at home, Ben? I think it was supposed to be in Tempe, Tempe, Arizona. Um, yeah, Arizona State and Iowa State were going to go up against each other last year, but because of COVID-19, they had to cancel. So weird. We've come full circle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Ben, happy new year. How was your holiday? Holidays were great. Got to spend time up in up North in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, spending time with family and such. So yeah, I had a really good Christmas new year's, um, over the new year's holiday, went cross country skiing a number of times. That was wonderful. That was really enjoyable. The day I left, unfortunately they got like six inches of snow. So that was annoying because I would like to stay for that, (laughs) but, uh, take what I can get. Uh, unfortunately here in central Iowa, we don't have snow and that is incredibly disappointing, but, um, it'll come eventually and we'll get back out on the trails, but yeah, no, had a really good holidays. How are yours? They were good. A lot of rest time, um, with me having another job, just, I guess, just like you, Ben, you get it. Um, I took a lot of time off. I I think I've been off since the 20th of December. <laughs> so um, I've had a lot of restful time to just, you know, chill and watch wrestling and really do nothing. So unfortunately, I go back to work tomorrow and we have a huge weekend ahead of us of wrestling. So I'm pumped to talk about it. Um, but happy one year to us and I guess good time to say thanks to everyone who's listened in the past year. And as you continue to all listen and as always special, thank you to fairway who have also stuck by us this whole time. Um, very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, exciting stuff. Like I said, a lot of, I feel like we're in the most exciting part of the season. We're two months away from March, which is, you know, what we're all here for. Right. But there's so much good duels left. Um, thanks to Kevin Dresser putting together such a good schedule, which we have complimented him on many times. And for the first weekend back in Hilton, which God, it feels like it's been forever since we've been in Hilton. So I'm pumped to be back, but Wyoming is on Saturday at 1 PM and then number three, Arizona state on Sunday. Um, Ben initial thoughts. Yeah. Initial thoughts. Like you said, super exciting weekend. And like you said, time of the year, because we know what this Iowa state team is at this point, right? Because of the schedule that Kevin Dresser put together, they've wrestled the teams like Penn state, Iowa, Cornell, Wisconsin, all of these teams, right? So we know what to expect from this Iowa state team at this point. And that is a very good wrestling team. That's what we should expect. That's what we've been getting. And because of that, it builds hype for the rest of the season as we keep going which just gets propelled by the strong schedule that keeps going that Kevin Dresser put out there. So this weekend, Iowa state gets Wyoming. We'll get into that. And the big one, number three, Arizona state, 
which is going to be phenomenal. Iowa State is ranked number four in the coaches poll. Arizona State is ranked number three. You look at it on paper, you can kind of see that maybe Iowa State should be favored um, tonight when we're recording this, which is Wednesday. Cornell just beat Arizona State. So a team that Iowa State beat and Cornell just beat Arizona State and some uh, there are some interesting matchups uh, in that one. And they went pretty much as expected. There are no big upsets by Cornell to give them the victory. So uh, I will get into Arizona State, I'm sure, in depth and quite a bit more. But I could see Iowa State winning that one and cementing themselves as, without a doubt, the number three team in the country. Penn State, number one, obviously. Iowa, number two, obviously, at this point. And then Iowa State, number three. And that is a great spot for Iowa State to be in, especially at this part of the year. Iowa State is riding relatively high at this point, right? They've taken losses, so they, they've been humbled, but they know how good they are, which is awesome. You can see the confidence in the team soaring. You can see the confidence in Kevin Dresser and what he has with this team. And it's just a really fun place to be, and it's going to be awesome to see how they continue and the trajectory that they continue with the rest of the season going into Big 12s and going into March and NCAA tournament. So, Really exciting weekend that is, I think, just going to continue the trajectory of this Iowa State team is probably something special. And with Iowa State being ranked number four, I don't think people really realize this being casual fans, but this is the highest ranking the team has had since 2009 season when Iowa State was ranked number two the entire season. So it Then, you know, going into this weekend, hypothetically speaking, they get that win over Arizona State, which where I stand right now, I think is how I see the weekend going is Iowa State coming out the winners. Um, Iowa State's only moving up in the ranking in that case. And this is huge for Dresser. Like it is year six for him. And this program is doing wonders. In 2009, I had just moved to Iowa. I was just learning what college wrestling was. And I probably didn't even realize it really yet since I was just being introduced to what high school wrestling was. So I think that deserves just a lot more credit of just that extra like step the program has taken this season with the guys they do have in the lineup, which brings me back to today's point with individual rankings. We don't get team rankings, which I mean, at this point it's fine. I don't think we would have seen much change anyways, but for the Cyclones in terms of individuals, they have four guys in the top five. You have Panero Johnson um, at number three, David Carr, number three, um, Marcus Coleman, number four, and then younger number five. If you look at what's the other one, um, I believe Flo has younger at number three, but I mean, that also alone is awesome. That's four guys. And that's not to mention Sam Schuyler's ranked number 10 and Casey Swiderski is ranked number 10. So that's six guys in the top 10. So that's huge. yeah. Yeah. This program is shaping up looking good, especially like you said, best time to, be ranked in, in that position, um, especially as they head back into regular dual um, action. Um, I guess for me, I'm pretty excited for this weekend, not only because we'll see them in person. I, as much as I love, you know, I love being able to access all these matches they've been doing on the road. 
due to all these different platforms that are doing it, I'm ready to just be sitting in Hilton and see it up close. I'm ready to be Matt side at Iowa state where it's familiar to me. Um, Ben will also be in attendance for both duels. So we'll have full coverage <laughs> from, I guess, front row seats. If you think about it. <laughs> yeah. This weekend, is going to be great. Um, and like you said, having it back in Hilton is awesome. I think correct me if I'm wrong, the only dual meet Iowa state has had in Hilton this year has been the Cal Baptist one, right? I, because Grandview's yeah. in Humboldt yep. and everything else has either been at a neutral site or on the road. So this weekend is, I mean, kind of the first weekend that Iowa state's going to be wrestling a big 12 school at home and then a top ranked school at home. So, if you have any inclination to get to a wrestling meet this weekend is going to be a great one. Um, Wyoming is Saturday at 1 PM and then Arizona state, the big one is going to be Sunday at 1 PM. And if I would like to see for sure, the entire lower bowl of Hilton full, and it would be great if there could be some fans in the upper, upper deck as well, just because that's going to be, that good of a dual meet. And really, I think Iowa state is a realistic shot at winning and maybe should win because like Jackie just said, Iowa state has six wrestlers ranked in the top 10 Arizona state only has four. Now Arizona state has some really, really good wrestlers. Don't get me wrong. And they have opportunities at bonus points at a couple of weights, but on paper, I think Iowa state is probably favored in six of the four weights and some of those aren't really even toss-ups. Like that's a strong favorite. A lot of those six weights. So um, I think six out of the four is very realistic. And I think seven out of three, if there's an upset or two at a couple weights uh, or, or one weight, I think seven and th- seven three is on the table too for Iowa State, winning seven out of th- seven out of the ten. So um, yeah, it's if you have any inclination to go to a wrestling dual meet, this one against Arizona State is one to be at. I agree. And it would, I mean, these guys just today in availability, I mean, David talked about it, just the excitement to be back in Hilton and be around that type of energy. And I mean, after experiencing the Iowa duel and really what we've seen, you know, the, the God, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the potential we have to see Hilton be for wrestling, I think is really great. And Arizona state would be one of those where, I mean, it's a Sunday, it's at 1 PM, perfect time of the day. Truly Mm -hmm. it's early enough. You know, if you want to bring your kids, um, and just do a family day at the duel and then you get your whole evening and really your afternoon. So I agree. This is, this is the one to come to. And there's still Oklahoma state in Oklahoma in a few weeks, but knowing that Iowa state is one duel away from being bumped up to the number three team in the nation behind Penn state and Iowa is absolutely huge. And I feel like what everyone constantly says, right, this is what they've been waiting for. They're really looking for Iowa state to take the next step to really become a staple in, in college wrestling. And I mean, I don't know what more you need than you can pay 10 bucks right now to watch them do that. And based on the updates today, it sounds like Sam Schuyler and Casey Swiderski are making their comeback after battling some injuries. Kyson Terrakeen is definitely not back this weekend. Um, so you can anticipate someone else at 125. Um, 
I can pull up who we have as probables right now. Uh, Caleb Fusley and Connor, I think it's Nopik. I believe so. Yes. Nopik. It's one of those, one of those last names. Um, so yeah, I, I think I was at the, the Iowa state wrestle offs and it was Caleb Fusley against Connor. I'm going to say no pick just to be consistent. Um, and I believe Caleb beat Connor. So I would assume that Caleb gets the call one, if not both days against Wyoming, uh, and Arizona state, but you could look for either one of those guys. The the match against Wyoming will be more interesting for them. Um, but Arizona state has a top ranked guy in Brandon Courtney at 125, who beat, well, he was the one that injured Kyson Tarakina, um, back at the all-star classic. Was it, I think. So that's going to be one that's going to be really tough for either Caleb or Connor. Um, but you know, it's, it's never a bad thing to feel what a number five guy in the country, um, feels like. So that'll be interesting, but yeah, definitely a weight that Iowa state is not favored at. Yeah. I think, you know, as Ben and I sat down to kind of go up and down that probables that Arizona state in, and based on who competed against Cornell, um, Iowa state, looks for the most part pretty good and same thing with wyoming i guess we can hit wyoming first with the fact that we have that up first on saturday ben you have to pick a weight class right now which weight would you say is the i guess the marquee or really which one are you looking forward to the most with wyoming so that's a good question because this isn't the wyoming team that we've gotten used to in the big 12 um Wyoming is a big 12 school for those that are unfamiliar in the sport of wrestling only they're an affiliate. Uh, and historically they've been, they always seem to finish like fourth or fifth at the big 12 tournament, maybe six. And they always have one or two guys wrestling in the finals, uh, at the big 12s. This is not that type of Wyoming team. This is a team that, um, seems to have graduated all, of the wrestlers. And that's a fine place to be in college wrestling, right? You want your wrestling team to get old. You want to peak at a point, And then sometimes you might have to rebuild it. And Wyoming seems to be at a point where they're rebuilding something right now. Uh, they have one ranked guy and one honorable mention guy in the rankings. So I guess if I were to have to pick a marquee matchup, I would say 174, which would be Julian Broderson versus Hayden Hastings. Uh, Hastings is a pretty good wrestler. He's their honorable mention wrestler. I think Julian Broderson's probably favored. Um, I don't want, I wouldn't say bonus points or anything, but if Broderson beats Hastings, it's not going to be surprising, but it would be a good win for Broderson come big 12s and seedings and stuff. Broderson would have that notch on his belt being like, Hey, I deserve this seed above Hayden Hastings and get himself that easier path toward qualifying toward the NCAA tournament. So that would probably be my matchup to watch, but there aren't a ton of great matchups. I'll say that. Unfortunately, I wish there were, but I would say this, this, is just... a, this is a very heavy favorite for Iowa yes. State up and down the board. <laughs> yeah. If you look at Wyoming's current pro projected starting lineup, they have one ranked wrestler at 157, Jacob Wright. He's ranked number 11. And you're putting in Jason Kreiser in there. I, th I think the thing with Jason Kreiser is he is unpredictably entertaining. You know, he'll come, <laughs> he'll come in and, you know, just pin people 
And then suddenly you'll go to the next one and he just ends up on his stomach, ends up getting himself pinned, you know? Yep. And I think if anything, putting him in, especially against a ranked guy, Jacob Wright is currently 10 and 0. <laughs> Um, I think this is just another opportunity, probably a lot for dresser to see him go against a clearly a guy who's good. He's ranked and see if he can just take that unpredictable unpredictability down a notch. Like it's awesome that he can give you those flurries, give you some great action and come out on top, but he's not always coming out on top. Like he needs to clean that up. And I feel like this is a good opportunity to see if, that extra mat time he got over the weekend has really helped him, you know, improve and continue to grow. But from the sounds of it, coach still doesn't feel a hundred percent confident in who has really taken hold of that weight. We've obviously seen that Jason Kreiser continues to be just one step up above the others, but you just really need, if Jason Kreiser is going to be the guy, you really want to see him step up in the way that Broderson has, because coach with confidence has said that is Broderson's spot. So I guess, like you said, if I have to pick one, I think I just want to see that 157 to see how Kreiser really steps up in live action, right? Because it's different when you're walking out of the tunnel, you're in Hilton, you're the starter, you're back in dual action. This isn't a weekend thing. You don't have a full day of wrestling. You just have this one match in front of you. So that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great pick too. Uh, like you said, Kreiser, I think it was Cyclone Wrestling that tweeted this. Uh, he beat uh, the Cornell wrestler at 157 in sudden victory, six to four. And they tweeted something like cardiac Kreiser. And we've seen this yes. before this year, right? Where Kreiser seems to come out on top late in matches uh, thanks to some, like you said, some wild flurry, some interesting scrambles. And it's because of those flurries and scrambles, he puts guys on his back and he ends up on his own back. So those are the things where you'd like to just see him be a little bit more consistent. You don't want to take away his pinning ability and his ability to roll around. And Kevin Dresser has said as much, like you don't want to take away some of his funk that he has, but boy, you'd like to refine it a little bit and get a little bit more under control. I think of a guy like Jarrett Degan. Uh, Jarrett Dagan, when he came over from Virginia tech with Kevin dresser, he rolled around on the mat a lot and they cleaned that up quite a bit and he became an all American. So I'm not saying Kreiser is going to be an all American, but just cleaning some of that up could do wonders for him. Um, I do like when guys roll around and end up on their back <laughs> or put guys on their back. That is very entertaining to watch. So I'm not going to complain about that. But if he wants to be an NCAA qualifier and do things at the NCAA tournament, there are some inconsistencies in his ability and the things that he does that I'd like to see cleaned up. But yeah, this match against Jacob Wright should be a good one. Wright is a very good wrestler. And um, some wrestling fans who are um, plugged in but not totally plugged in might be wondering where Stephen Buchanan is at 197 for Wyoming. And Stephen Buchanan and halfway through the season, not even halfway through the season, like a couple weeks into this season, uh, decided to transfer to Oklahoma. He left Wyoming a couple weeks into the season and went to Oklahoma. Buchanan was at the time, the number two ranked wrestler in the country. He can't compete this year. Uh, he has to sit out for the remainder of the year since he transferred mid season. So we won't be seeing him 
And what I thought was super interesting when I was looking at the probables for this week is Wyoming does not have a 197 pounder. I looked at the roster. They have zero. And when you look at the probables, it's open. So younger Bastida in all likelihood is going to get a forfeit on Saturday. He will not see the map, which is disappointing. I would like to see. It's always fun to watch younger, right? People who listen to this podcast know that Jackie and I are huge younger Bastida fans. <laughs> and watching him wrestle a guy not on his level is incredibly entertaining because he's going to beat him 20 to five and it's going to be all takedowns. So it's disappointing that they're not going to throw someone out there or likely not going to throw someone out there. I'd like to see an 84 pounder bump up. They seem to have a few 84 pounders. Let that one of them wrestle at 197, but that doesn't seem to be the case, which is disappointing. So um, for those of you wondering where Stephen Buchanan is, he is in Norman, Oklahoma now. Yeah, which currently, I believe this is updated, and you can definitely look and correct me, Ben, if I'm wrong. But WrestleStat has Stephen Buchanan head to head three and zero over, but younger, mm-hmm. right? It's for so, sure two and zero, and I think three and zero sounds right. Yeah, it is three and zero is right. The dual meet Big Twelves, and I think they met the NCAA championships. So. Yeah. So yep. if you, if you're definitely someone who's a casual fan and doesn't, you know, follow along too closely on those big 12 moves, Stephen Buchanan transferring to Oklahoma is a, was a really big deal. And based on, you know, just Twitter, it, it was not a, it was a, not an amicable departure. No, there was definitely some drama there. So it's, like you said, it's definitely very interesting to see that just fully open, no one there to, Take up that spot. Um, definitely very upset as a as just a fan because I definitely wanted that for younger. But that's all right. We we keep moving forward. <laughs> yep. Um, looking ahead to Sunday again, one p.m. against Arizona State. Um, again, same question, Ben. Looking at the lineup, which weight would you say you're most excited for? Most excited for is probably 149. Panero Johnson has done incredible things as a cyclone so far. He beat number two Austin Gomez. He beat All American Max Marinette of, of Iowa in Carver Hawkeye. He went toe to toe with defending three time defending champion Yanni Yakamahalis. Uh, lost in sudden victory three to one to him. Came back the next match the next day and beat Shane Van Ness, a guy who's going to be. Um, a multiple time all American for Penn state. He's a freshman as well. So he beat another highly touted freshman in Shane Van Ness. Panero Johnson has only done great things for Iowa state up into this point of his career. And he's got a chance to continue that he's going to wrestle uh number five, Kyle Parco of Arizona state and Parco is another one of those guys. I think he's a sophomore. Uh, he was an all American last year. And just give me another opportunity for Panero to be like, Hey guys, I'm ranked number three and I'm going to continue to be ranked number three. I'm the real deal. And when we, we talked to uh, Kevin dresser, we talked to Panera and David Carr today um, at availability and dresser and Carr just continue to say how impressed they are with what Panero has been able to do and the confidence that he's had doing it. Like there was never a doubt in Panero's mind that he was going to be this good. And he was going to do these things. Panero knew before the season started that he was going to have this success. 
success. And that's awesome to see. And even, I mean, David Carr was talking about how Panero has an opportunity to win a national championship this year. And that's awesome for a true freshman. That's insane. David Carr won his national championship as a redshirt freshman, right? So mm-hmm. this is this is a special wrestler we're talking about, Panero Johnson. Anytime he gets to wrestle another top-ranked guy is super fun for me. And it seems like he's only wrestled top-ranked guys. Like this, again, we're going to talk about Dresser's schedule that he put together. This schedule that Dresser put together has been a dog fight for Panero Johnson. And every single time he's, he's seemingly come out on top. The only time he didn't was against, like I said, Yanni. So um, that's going to be the match for me to watch. Um, This is one where it's, and Panero said this too, like we, and I, I thought this, we've talked about Panero's defense and how good of a defensive wrestler he is with his reattacks and fending off shots and those sorts of things. That's the style that in my mind, yeah, Panero, great defensive wrestler, great counter wrestler. He's like, I never until this year, I never thought of myself as a defensive wrestler. I've always thought of myself as an offensive wrestler. So I want to show more of that. And that gets me super excited because even Yanni couldn't really get to his legs. The the takedown that Yanni got against Panero was on a scramble where Panero shot, Yanni reattacked, Panero reattacked his reattack, and is one of those situations where these two, I think, outstanding defensive wrestlers were just trying to get that little leg up, and eventually Yanni did. Um, so I it's gonna be interesting to see if Panero does show more of that offensive wrestling capability because if he does, and if if Panero Johnson starts getting three to four takedowns a match against highly ranked guys. Oh boy. Watch out. Well, and even when I asked him, you know, how do you walk out of that loss against Yanni mentally? You know, how do you, how do you move forward with it? And he immediately said, if I am once again, facing off against him, I will not make those same mistakes. I will continue to refine those things that I maybe should have done more of in that match. And I think if you're, again, someone who maybe doesn't follow wrestling very heavily outside of just Iowa state, you know, what's who's their next opponent is we're talking about Yanni, who is a top wrestler at his weight. We're talking a three time NCAA champion here. Like this isn't just, you know, someone who's also as young and earlier in their career as Paniro and Paniro sitting here like, I will take your title away. <laughs> and I think my favorite thing that Panero said today, and I definitely encourage you to go listen to that interview, even though it's a little long because we were blessed today with what, what was it? Eight, nine minutes, eight, nine uh, minutes for every single person, which is awesome. <laughs> normally, normally athlete interviews, just for those listening and unaware, normally athletes interviews, you're lucky if you get three to four minutes out of them. Um, so getting eight to nine minutes out of both David Carr and Panero was awesome. And both of them in all fairness are great talkers. So that helps a lot. Um, Panero was asked about, you know, his high school career and coming into college because he never won a state title in high school. And my favorite thing he said about that was that when he started high school, his first thought was I'm going to be a four time state champion. And then when he went into his sophomore year and he didn't have it, he said, fine, I'm going to be a three time state champion. And it just continued. And, you know, as you obviously you grow up, you mature, you continue to evolve as a person. I mean, his mentality is 
even more confident, which is insane to think because I don't think I was 13 or 14 thinking so highly of myself. Um, so yeah, like you said, his Panera Johnson's confidence is definitely something I've never seen before. And we've covered some guys that should have been that confident. I mean, again, go back and listen to that interview. If you have the time, when he spoke about Ian Parker, he was asked about, I think you asked him this, Ben. Yep about training with Jarrett Dagan, um, who was the 149 pounder and then having Ian Parker at 141, who at one point bumped up for a bit to 149, you know, he spoke so highly of Ian Parker. And I don't think Ian Parker spoke highly of himself ever took the time in our interviews to, you know, to just boast about his talent. So I thought that was pretty cool. I I did think that was pretty cool today. The way he talked about Ian Parker. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And I think you bring up a great point. Ian Parker was probably too hard on himself because Panero said, and we all knew this, right? We covered the team for a <laughs> long time. No one works harder than Ian Parker. No, nobody. And you would like some of those, some of that, some of that work in the room, some of that effort in the room to show on results. And it never quite did for Ian. And I think it's because he was always a little bit too hard on himself. And Panero kind of said as much, she's like, yo, Ian, you got to just take a deep breath sometimes. <laughs> and I think that would have been sage advice for Ian to follow. Now, Ian is obviously an incredible wrestler and he did great things for Iowa state, but um, yeah, no, that was really cool for Panero to recognize what Ian did because Panero's thing has been, and dresser said this too, when the lights come on, Panero's going to be great. But when the lights aren't shining brightly, let's say on a stage like Hilton Coliseum, he might not work as hard as he needs to necessarily. And he said, that's dresser said that's been the biggest change for Panero this year is he is working as hard as he wrestles when the lights are shining bright. So he seems to have figured out what it takes. I think, to, and we're, I'm going to credit Ian Parker here, to credit Ian Parker and Kevin Dresser as well, they've shown him what hard work looks like and what it needs to look like at a divisional level if you plan on being successful. And obviously, Panera plans on being successful. So, mm-hmm. no, I think that was great for, to hear from Panera how Ian who we both respect very, very highly and very much to see how Ian impacted uh, Panero Johnson. And for those that don't know, Ian Parker is at Army West Point now as an assistant wrestling coach for Army. And I, I haven't followed their season as closely as I probably should have, but I'm sure he's doing wonders for that team. So I was, um, I was shout out to Ian Parker. That. He has to be an incredible coach. Yeah, 100%. Has to be. Absolutely loved covering him. And same with Jared Dagan when he brought him up today. I was like, oh, kind of miss that guy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, today's interviews were great. I think if we want to keep, you know, pulling stuff out that guy said today, I think when we shift over to David Carr, I think one of my favorite things he kind of brought up was just the way the room is right now and the way the team is encouraging each other, which we have mentioned before, the way that. David specifically has mentioned the way, you know, they like to set goals for each other. They like to challenge each other as a team on who can go out in their matches and get the most takedowns or, you know, dominate in their matches. But when we were, we, I, I may have asked him this, I can't remember, but it was specifically about, you know, have, I think it was (laughs) the impact of having someone as young and fresh in their career, like Panero being such a force in that room. And 
so David discussed, you know, how much it means to be able to have those young guys come in and believe it so early on. And, you know, someone like Pinero, who coaches specifically said, does everything right, essentially, you know, their weight management, their training. But David said that if you go into the wrestling room, there is a high chance Panero's already in there. And Panero himself has said it. He will sit and watch film by himself. He'll go in there and train, which again, to mirror back to someone like Ian Parker, that's the same thing people were saying about Ian Parker, that Ian was always in the wrestling room. He was always training. He was already back in the room after duels because he was ready to train. And so... I thought it was really cool to see just David talk about Pinero in that light and a, in a tiny little nugget that I found interesting, just as people who have covered this program, he mentioned Coleman as having a voice in the room, you know, that leadership voice. And for those of you who maybe don't know Marcus super well, Marcus Coleman usually tends to be kind of more quiet kind of more in his head. He definitely, when you watch him just kind of warming up, he has his headphones in. he's kind of zoning out in his own and he works very closely with St. John and St. John's the same way, very quiet kind of works through actions. And even when I've tried to get like, you know, poke at Marcus and ask him about, you know, you're a, you're a veteran now you've been here for so long. You're, graduating. So you're clearly just in age. You're the, you know, an older guy in the room. And he always just says, well, I like to lead through my actions. I just lead by example. So to hear David call him out is like using his voice more. I also found very interesting. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That is, uh, like you said, Marcus is not a huge talker, which is totally fine. Not everyone is. Um, but the leadership in this room that Iowa state has right now from young guys and old guys, because I think at this point, Panero's probably not a vocal leader, right? He's vocal. He, he has no problem <laughs> talking, but I, I would be surprised if he was a vocal leader, but I'm sure at this, by this point, he is a leader through what he's done and what he's doing. He's a leader by his actions. A guy like David Carr is going to be a vocal leader. Absolutely. That's in his personality. And he can lead by his actions, obviously being an NCAA champion and all American, all that other fun stuff that he's accomplished. So the dynamic in this room is really, really interesting right now. And before I go into this, Jackie, do you want to give your, um, marquee matchup for the Arizona state duel, because I think it will probably lead into what my next point is going to be. Oh yes. Arizona state. I think if, when I look at this, obviously, like you said, 149 is going to be exciting, but I'm really excited for heavyweight. I'm excited to have Sam Skyler back in the lineup. Um, one of my, I've said this before, I tend to lean towards those upper weights in terms of my personal favorites. Um, and especially in how much, Sam Schuyler has really evolved and kind of taken it that extra step to really, you know, set himself apart from others. I think this is a great match to come back to. Hopefully, of course, he's a hundred percent. I would hate to see him come back and he was in this kind of end up kind of putting him back in that place. But if he's a hundred percent, you're going up against the number four guy. You know, you're basically jumping back right in the deep end. I think this can be a really great opportunity for him to show, you know, what he's capable of, especially with, as you said, Colton Schultz just isn't quite looking as, I don't know what the word, just as good as we've seen him in the past. So this can very much be a winnable match for Sam against a really good guy. Um, I, I'm not, did you, do you happen to remember how he performed against Cornell? 
I know you were looking uh, He beat the Cornell guy. I don't, it was four to two. He won four to two against uh, the Cornell uh, heavyweight, who I will point out younger Bastida beat. <laughs> Iowa State's one of the seven pounder beat <laughs> Cornell's heavyweight. But yes, um, he won four to two against Cornell's heavyweight. Okay. Yeah, no, that's just kind of, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just, I think because Sam's been injured, which really sucks because I feel like coach was really just getting into those conversations of, you know, praising him for how he's really stepped up in his training, you know, Ben Durbin's doing amazing things with Sam Schuyler. So that's kind of where my focus is. Fingers crossed. We have a 100% Sam Schuyler. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it does lead into my point of the, the mentality of the room has shifted dramatically, right? Like it's great to have the mentality of the Ian Parkers of the world and the Jared Dagan of the world where you're going to work and you're going to succeed through your work. And that's still happening at Iowa state, but there's a different level of belief. And David Carr said this, Kevin Dresser said this. Um, I think even Marcus Coleman has said this, that the belief level in the room is night and day from this year to years past. There are guys that, like we've said, there are four top five guys on this Iowa state wrestling team and six top 10 guys, the belief level that Iowa state is great. And these guys can be great at Iowa state is as high as it's ever been. And I think that's showing through a guy like Sam Schuyler, Sam Schuyler is a guy that transferred to Iowa state from Buffalo. He was a 197 pounder at Buffalo and he was an NCAA qualifier. He was a fine wrestler, right? Last year bumped up to heavyweight, showed improvement throughout the season, right? He won some close matches. He did some good things, but never really did anything to make you go, wow, or anything that's necessarily stand out outside of winning close matches against guys he should probably beat. So this year, the belief level that we've seen in Sam Schuyler has shown immensely. He beat two-time All-American Trent Hilger from Wisconsin. He's... um gone toe to toe against some other top ranked guys. He's beaten top ranked guys. He's done great things this year. And I asked Kevin Dresser, what has been the change from last year, Sam Schuyler, this year, Sam Schuyler. And you mentioned strength and conditioning coach Ben Durbin and the things that he's been able to do with him. But the thing that Kevin Dresser said right away was his mentality changed. He went from a guy last year who previously he'd never been pushed physically or mentally, no, and Kevin Dresser said this, no offense to Buffalo, but they didn't have anyone like David Carr at Buffalo. They didn't have a guy with the mentality of David Carr of, I'm going to be an All-American, not only am I going to be an All-American, I'm going to be a national champion, and that's how I'm going to work and prepare every single day. That wasn't there at Buffalo. You don't. You didn't have guys like Panero Johnson and Casey Swiderski, two true freshmen who are doing incredible things and both have this confidence and aura about them that they're going to be anyone they step on the mat with. They didn't have a Marcus Coleman who progressed from being a good wrestler as a freshman to becoming and making themselves an all American that didn't exist at Buffalo. So Sam Schuyler comes to Iowa state and he sees what Marcus Coleman made himself into. He sees how David Carr works day in and day out. He sees the confidence that these freshmen bring every day. And he starts to feel that himself. So his mentality just himself has changed incredibly. And that's what's allowed him to become a top 10 wrestler. And I don't know what's going to happen against Colton Schultz. Like you said, I hope that um, Sam Schuyler is healthy for his sake. 
And I was dressers not going to wrestle someone in January who's not healthy, healthy enough to compete. So I would assume if Sam Schuyler is wrestling, he's healthy enough to do so. It's going to be really interesting that match against Colton Schultz because Colton Schultz looks human there. Were, I know there are Arizona state fans who were thinking once Gable Stevenson is gone, this is going to be Colton Schultz weight. And it hasn't been that way. He's taken two losses this year. So this match with Sam Schuyler could be really, really interesting because we've seen a different level of belief with Sam Schuyler, Colton Schultz. He's a Greco guy. He likes to go upper body, but he's also really good on top. So if Sam Schuyler can get out from underneath and he stays away from, from some of those big upper body moves, I, I don't know. Colton Schultz has looked human at, the, at times this year. So that's I like your pick, Jackie, for this being a marquee matchup because it could be really, really fun to watch. Yeah, I and I mean, and that's not even to say that Sam Schuyler wouldn't be able to hang in a match if, you know, Colton Schultz wasn't, I guess, I don't know, still as dominant as we've seen him in past years. I think Sam has shown at times just how he can step up. Um, I think, unfortunately, you know, when you look back at a match like, you know, against Cassiope and at Iowa, it's, you know, you walk away with a sour taste in your mouth because it just, unfortunately, he wasn't able, you know, to finish that. Uh, what, what was he doing? A cradle? Yep. But, he got um, a cradle locked up. He couldn't quite get him over. Golly, that was close too. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. I know it, it's just painful to remember because you you just almost held your breath because it looked like it was coming. Um, but yeah, I just and I think the fact that this is Sam Skyler's last year just adds that extra element of just mentality where this is it. You truly are just you got to lay it all out there. You got to you have you have nothing to lose, but almost everything to gain in this situation. So I'm pumped. I'm pumped for that. Um, which is why I kind of today in availability wanted to just kind of draw focus to the entire lineup. And again, this is, I think what's really cool about covering this team since dresser has taken over. Um, I think it's exciting that me and you and Cody can all say we've been covering dresser since, you know, he started building this thing. Um, the fact that we can spend an entire episode strictly focused on the new guys, the freshmen, Casey Swiderski, Panera Johnson, Casey Swiderski has been a little dinged up and that's why we haven't talked about him. But David Carr made it known today that there's still so much to see from him and we will be um, impressed, essentially, is what David Carr said today. The Casey Swiderski that they're watching train in the room is going to put on a show for us that alone can entertain us <laughs> for an hour. And then we can easily spend another hour on younger Bastida and Marcus Coleman and David Carr and Sam Schuyler. So it's just like, we have a full lineup up and down that we can talk about, even with those few, you know, where we're still watching the team kind of figure out who's the guy at 133, 157, um, 174. It's, yeah, this has just been fun. I'm having fun is what I'm trying to say. I'm with you. It's been a ton of fun, ton of fun. And we have so many good. Yeah. Again, Kevin Dresser giving us the gift of this season, which I almost, we will definitely discuss this heading into March, but what a way to say we are not just a dual team. <laughs> <laughs> we are not just going undefeated because we wrestled maybe teams. We were clearly more favored over. So 
this is truly just exposing yourselves, right? You're putting yourself up against Iowa in their territory. You're wrestling Penn state. Now you're taking on Arizona state, which after we've gone up and down this lineup and compared, I really think Iowa state deserves the number three spot, but Sunday will determine that. <laughs> yep. I agree. I, Iowa state, I think on paper, I think Iowa state should be the number three team. They have to prove it on the mat now. And I think they probably, I, I don't know. I think they should, I think they probably will. Um, but that's why they have to wrestle the dual meet. I, I, there's, there are some, there could be some hangups, but I mean, it's some things would have to go wrong for Iowa state to lose. I think, or Arizona state would have to get a ton of bonus points that I don't necessarily see coming. So, um, yeah, I think Iowa state is in a really good spot to be the number three team come next week. I think it's definitely a good time for people who are, you know, kind of casually following the team, you know, you're following through tweets or you're kind of listening in here and there. This is, this is the best time to do it. And the team is really great. Um, today dresser told us, uh, before Panero came up and spoke with us, um, that if you spend 45 minutes with Panero, he'll spend 44 of those minutes talking about himself. And that's just, you know, it's just the confidence he has. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, David Carr today, again, one of those things he said today that just really stood out is his big goal for the team this year is a big 12 championship. He wants his team to win the big 12 and that is very attainable. Very that attainable. is not, yeah, this isn't like, Oh, they may, they may or may not. I mean, you could confidently say they very well could. Could and maybe even should the only, I should say this because I could eat crow come March, but <laughs> the only team that could compete with them is Missouri, Arizona, or not Arizona state, Oklahoma state is having a down year this year. Oklahoma still isn't there yet. SDSU, NDSU, Wyoming, probably not there. You and I could provide some competition, but really I think it's Iowa state as the favorite at this point to win the big 12 and Missouri could play spoiler. And you and I has an outside chance, but those three teams, I mean, I think Iowa state is in a really good spot to win the big 12s this year. And to bring up another thing that David said, he wants to win the big 12 as a team and he wants a team trophy for Iowa state wrestling in the Edmonton state tournament. And for those that don't know, team trophy is a top four finish. And at this point, Iowa state has set them up, set themselves up to become that. Um, Iowa state hasn't gotten a team trophy in a long time since I've covered the team. So I should have looked up when the last time they got one was, but it's been a long time. And for Iowa state to get a team trophy would do, would be huge for Kevin Dresser in this program. Because like you said, you, me and Cody Goodwin from the Des Moines register have been covering this from the start from dresser start. And Cody and I were talking a couple of years ago about when we think Iowa state's going to get to the point of contending for a team trophy. And we were saying maybe the year that when, uh, when David Carr's a junior and David Carr is a junior now and Iowa state's contending for a team trophy. So the, uh, the trajectory that Kevin dresser has this team on is a really exciting one. And just to put it into perspective, looking back at, you know, this past March, 2022 big 12 championships, Missouri won with 131.5 team points. Next up was Oklahoma again, 
from behind good tournament. Um, yeah, I don't Oklahoma know how Oklahoma came... always has a good tournament. Sorry, continue. <laughs> hey, tournament versus dual team. <laughs> um, Oklahoma came in second with 113 points, and Iowa State came in third with 110. Like, th- that's, that's the point difference we're talking here. And Iowa State is clearly the more dominant team this year over Oklahoma on paper. Yes. And Oklahoma State came in behind Iowa State 107.5. So, I mean, look at the talent Iowa State has now filled in, you know, just like that extra bump you're seeing in a Paneer Johnson at 149. And apparently Casey Swiderski, you know, we haven't been able to watch him as much in action. So we've only gone off of what, you know, what they're telling us. And I mean, I think he he's going to back it up. So when you look at the point system and really how Iowa state is, I mean, stacking up, like you said, this is very, very much something that David Carr could see accomplished, which again, David loves to call himself a team guy. And I, I just love how excited he is for his team. He, obviously he wants to be a champion and he always talks about how that's on his goal board. It's what hangs on his collage wall that he starts building at the beginning of the season. But I think it's awesome to see David have those, you know, talking about those goals publicly about how he wants this for his team so badly. And I'm sure Kevin Dresser wants it and it's looking good. And it's not even just Ben and I, it's not us just sitting here, two people covering Iowa state. Other people are also saying this from like a national media level who sit and cover all of the big 12, all of, you know, big tens, Pac 12, whatever it is, you know, there was a, I can't remember who put it out, but somebody did like a, a very, very rough early mock of what NCAAs could look. I think it was someone from flow, ironically, um, <laughs> who did just like a rough mock up of what March would look like if we're working off what we have now. And I would say it was in the top five. So I think it's just going to be a really interesting March. And we might say that I feel like, you know, as, as you go about the season, people start to say that it becomes like a general statement, you know, it could be an interesting month, but I think the way Iowa State has began to really draw attention on a national level, I really do have a positive feeling about them heading into March, given just the toughness of teams they've competed against and the mentality that is coming out of that room. 100%. They've wrestled the best guys and they will have wrestled the best guys, right? Like I would say it's going to get Missouri the last dual meet of the season. And David Carl's going to see number one, uh, Keegan O'Toole at 165. That assumes that he's still number one and David Carr is still number three. But everyone, when you wrestle Penn state, when you wrestle Iowa, Arizona state, Cornell, Wisconsin, Missouri, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, when you, you and I, when you've wrestled all of these teams, you've wrestled the best guys or among the best guys. So this team is going to be very prepared for March. They know what the top is going to feel like, and they might be the top, right? Iowa state might have a couple guys win national championships this year. So, um, it, yeah, it's going to be super fun to watch as we go into March. Which, just like Marcus Coleman said, I believe it, it was last week or the week prior. I, you know, I asked him about getting those Big Twelve honors, NCAA honors, after his big win, and I, 
I asked him, you know, how did that win feel? And his biggest takeaway from, you know, winning against Aaron Brooks, the number one guy was I can beat him and I can literally beat anyone. So, so many of these guys get to have that mentality heading into March. And that definitely was not the case last year. And dresser even agreed today when asked, you know, your team last season or even the season before just, you know, we're probably not as ready or quite to the caliber this year's team is. And he completely agreed. Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's about to be an interesting two months. And I think, I don't think we'll be having the same conversations we were last season of is Iowa state peaking as a dual team and not going to do well as a tournament team, which I'm sure dresser will be excited to not have to discuss. <laughs> well, yeah, it might, that might disappoint Carter Storacci though. That Iowa State hasn't peaked yet. I mean, when when they're getting healthy and they still have top, I don't know, 10, top 15 opponents before they even reach Tulsa the third week of March, I mean, how are you going to peak then, right? Yeah. <laughs> ben, any oh, final thoughts? <laughs> uh Excitement is my final thought. Super, super excited about this weekend and what Iowa State wrestling has in store for the rest of the season. Yeah, I I would agree. Like like I said earlier, ten bucks, ten bucks will get you in the door. And if I think it's like if you bring so many people with you, your tickets come down to five bucks. Or if you are a youth program, a high school, you can get in for free. Yep. Yep. Youth and high school so, programs get in for free. So a lot of options get up there on Sunday. If you can, I would say Sunday's the day to go, obviously go both days going to be great wrestling either day, but I think Sunday is truly going to either put Iowa state at number three walking into next week. So again, that's huge. We're talking number three in the nation behind Penn state and Iowa. So those are my five teams. Iowa State competed well with, I will add. Two teams Iowa State competed really well with. Iowa State got put got moved up in the rankings after losing to said teams. So you learn you like Dresser says, you learn more about the team when they lose and when they win sometimes. And we definitely learn more there. So those are our final thoughts here to, tonight, or I guess tomorrow during the day is whenever you're listening to this. <laughs> um, again, Ben, as always, thank you so much. And thanks to you guys for listening. Um, hopefully we see all of you <laughs> on Sunday. Every single Hilton. one of you. We're taking a head count. Yep. How, however many listeners <laughs> we go back and find out we had. Um, you can find Ben at the media table and say hi. I will be yes, on the floor. Can. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you'll be able to get down there, but if you scream my name, I'll probably hear you. <laughs> Otherwise, you can you can follow us on Twitter as usual. We'll be tweeting our thoughts. Um, follow Cycle Fanatic stuff. We share all our stuff on there as well. And as always, big thank you to our sponsor, Fairway, who continues to support us one year later. <laughs> Almost one year, I guess. Fairway joined the joined us in February, but still one year. We'll call it one year. Uh, so yeah, thanks to Fairway and thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>